One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Get the Table, another roundtable discussion podcast. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Sidgwick. Forbidden Door is this weekend, Sidge. Uh, time of recording, Dynamite is tonight. But we're here to talk about the problem with yeah. Forbidden Door, because you've had reservations, I think it's fair to say, about this show in recent weeks. They remain right now. Why doesn't this feel as special as it probably should? Well, I've spoken at length, Wilborn, about my problem with interpromotional feuds and the concept of them and people fantasy booking them. My core problem with that is that something like AEW doesn't have one fixed identity. There's mm. not one promotion to sort of get behind or to represent and there's lots of range within the promotion stylistically and um, it's splintered into factions and it's mm -hmm. story like storytelling universe similar to new japan pro wrestling you can't a wrestling buffet yeah exactly you can't really do an extended new japan pro wrestling versus aew program because it kind of makes no sense there's no one fixed promotion on either side of that bracket if you like but you can absolutely do a one night aew x new japan pro wrestling show the very basic unfussy Brilliant premise behind which is various wrestlers from each promotion saying, we're the best at this style, mm. and we are going to prove it tonight. A bit of promotional pride for one night only. Nothing ridiculous like red and blue t-shirts or anything like that. But they actually value wrestling and being great at wrestling, so they share something in common. They are generally perceived, and maybe it's not so true in 2022. I know DDT and Stardom mm -hmm. are um, getting more critically acclaimed. But generally in the mainstream, I think New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW are really considered um, the best two promotions, rightly yeah. or wrongly, but I think that's generally the consensus, hence why a show like this makes sense to do, hence why it's being done, hence why a lot of people are excited for it, or at least were before the build. My problem is that it hasn't been unfussy, it hasn't been simple, that incredibly basic um, premise has not been explored enough, um, this is the one night per year where you really could have got away with doing, here's a match graphic, minimal storyline build required, this wrestler, who's awesome, is defending the honor and the value and the prestige of his promotion mm -hmm. against another wrestler who's either similar or very different in a complementary way to this wrestler, and they are embodying each promotion. The problem for me is that it doesn't really feel special. It doesn't have a unique identity unto itself. They've booked Forbidden Door, mostly on the AEW side, through the sort of convoluted lens of its standard North American episodic weekly TV product. That's how we arrive at something like FTR um, versus Rapongi Vice versus United Empire and how that's folded into the Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay program. For this to happen, you have to rely on the fact that FTR 
and Rapongi Vice have common ground. The match was disrupted, mm-hmm. so they've teamed together on an episode of Rampage to thwart the um, interfering disturbers, the interlopers from New mm-hmm. Japan, yet they're also having a match with the people they partnered with. And it just feels less like organic, one-on-one, we've each got something huge to prove stakes, and instead it just feels incredibly convoluted and an excuse to get a lot of people yeah. on the card, which is a problem, realistically, that's been consistent with AEW um, well before Double or Nothing. This bloated roster is creating a problem, and, yeah, just booking it through the lens of episodic North American TV has just made it feel, to me, wildly contrived and not special unto itself. Yeah, six matches on the card right now, seven if you include whoever Jay White faces for the IWGP, a World Heavyweight Championship, of course. And, yeah, like you say, I think the moment we found out that AEW New Japan had a partnership, let alone a pay-per-view, you know, you, you, yourself and many other people for What Culture were writing, you know, top 10 lists of yeah. dream matches. Um, and, and to a certain extent, you know, the, there was the possibility of that. But is it fair to argue it's a little bit, this iteration of Forbindon, and we'll talk a little bit about the future of it going forward in a bit, it feels a little bit cursed. Yeah, you know, I, Punk's out. Danielson, presumably, according to reports, is going to say tonight he may miss it. Okada is still up in the air. There's no Naito, Shingo. You know, you've talked about these people yourself in our Dynamite chats about who you'd like to see on it. Is it is that a fair assessment? I would say so. Um, the original plan for this show is significantly better than what we've had so far. I don't necessarily think it's an excuse. They could have created a better backup plan. Mm-hmm. God knows across both companies they absolutely have the talent to do this. But yes, the original plan was CM Punk versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. And um, Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., which, again, at time of recording, it's still a little bit up mm-hmm. in the air for all we know. And they were going to do an absolutely glorious bit of fan service, dot, 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 I think. I think before Moxley was relied upon to main event the show as the other top draw outside of CM Punk in the company, I think the trios match that is um, being mooted for the undercard was going to be um, Jericho, um, Suzuki, and Guevara, versus Kingston, Shota Umino, and Moxley, I really think. Can you imagine that trios match, right? You've got Moxley and Shota teaming together. Everyone has got such a massive, not everyone, but those who love Moxley and Shooter. <laughs> the real, I know about Shooter. Shooter, the real panty dropper. Like, everyone <laughs> like, absolutely loves that unit. And can you imagine, right, you've got Moxley and the cold death stare from the shooter <laughs> on one side with goddamn Eddie Kingston. Yeah. And then you've got the one-two punch of the two biggest sing-along um, anthems in yeah. sort of pro wrestling where you've got Kazi Nina Rare followed by Judas or... Yeah, yeah, if you do Judas first and Jericho's giving it the big and everyone loves my song and then Kazi Nina Rare gets an even bigger pap, that would be awesome. Jericho being like a... The bit of a bitch about getting <laughs> dwarfed by the pop and they can have some interplay with Suzuki and Jericho where they can't really get along in the match. Like, that would have been great. So the original plan for this show was better, but ultimately, I don't like the idea. Five days out from the event yeah. itself, uh, we don't know what Shingo's doing. We don't know what Tetsuya Naito's doing. We don't know what Hiromu Takahashi's doing. Like, these are beloved stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling and we still are kind of none the wiser. The whole idea of having a month-long build is that you can escalate it, you can peak it at the right times. You still want to reassure your fan base that Mm. some of the very best wrestlers in the world are going to wrestle on the show. And for me, the biggest indictment 
of Forbidden Door, the real problem with this show is that the second it was announced, as you said, people were writing lists about it. Everyone was on Twitter doing their biggest dream matches. I've seen so much more fantasy booking that's better than the card that I'm looking at on Wikipedia, mm. and that's bad. AEW should be, and at the very peak of their powers, are so much better at booking than us marks. Like, mm. they're so much better at it. And increasingly, as it pertains to Forbidden Door, I just don't feel like that's the case. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm worrying, you mentioned that we talked a lot about this in the Dynamite Preview podcast, which we just released now, but you... Um you talked also about the, the, the Okada situation. That's a mess. And it, and the fact that they, you know, it's all well and good, me and you sitting here and say, wouldn't it be great if we had Okada versus Hangman Page or Okada versus Adam Cole or Okada versus anyone? Or Page. Yeah. But, but the fact they mentioned his name and at time of recording, he's not on the card. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, I don't know why they would dangle the carrot of something amazing and then instantly sort of make it more convoluted increasingly. And I hate to say this, like I've been called an AEW shill since the day this company was formed. Mm-hmm. And now I'm becoming a WWE shill, even though I still think that company's fairly rubbish. And you wrote a book about AEW. And I've wrote a goddamn book about AEW. Like, ultimately, it gives me no pleasure to say this is a convoluted mess that could have been one million times better. Mm. Um, but ultimately, it's kind of a convoluted mess that could have been a million times better. And the worst thing is, it's antithetical to good promotion. Therefore, it's absolutely kind of horrendous promotion. This could all be resolved tonight. They yes. could do a page of card of singles match, right? And they could book it tonight, and I'll happily eat crow. I'd love to admit that I was wrong. I would absolutely love to do it. But the second they said they had Adam Page come out on Dynamite, very simple, the way I think they should have been booked all along, I want a card Great. You've got one of the best wrestlers of all time in Okada versus a guy who's equally as explosive, who could one day have the legacy he does in a battle for supremacy in real competition. Don't even need the title. Don't need the title. You just need the goddamn match graphic. You just need the promise that it's happening. Then Adam Cole gets in the mix. And then Jay White says, I don't want to face either of you scrubs, which doesn't really not put them over as scrubs. And then you 
have people online wildly confused about what the permutations of this are. Are they going to do a four-way? Are they going to do a tag? Are they going to do a three-way? Because the card might not even be there. Why dangle the carrot? Yes. They should have known that the announcement of Paige saying, I want a card. Right, done. Huge pop. That match is going to be awesome. They've complicated this. No one knows what the direction is. And more tellingly, no one really cares about what the direction is. Everyone's caught of, ang- like, sort of, everyone, sorry, is anxiously worrying about the worst that this sort of weird dynamic could throw up, like a three-way, another four-way on a show that's already got a four-way that's accommodating too many stars. It just feels like a complete mess. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're kind of writing this as they go along, not knowing the status of one of the competitors. And if Okada was booked all along, right, why have Adam Cole say, I might not be on the show? That's just going to terrify people who you want to purchase the show. And if it was in the air all along... Why have Paige say, I want a card? Because everyone instantly went, boom, great, that's the match. Paige versus Shingo is actually the match. I'd absolutely love to see that. <laughs> but Paige Okada would be awesome as well. Like, uh, match of the air candidate. It just feels like they don't know what the audience really deep down wants. And that in itself is like a grander, wider problem that is a little bit alarming. What can they learn going forward to next year? How do they improve it? You know, well, fingers crossed we have a next year, of course, but... You know, all being well and good, we get Danielson, we get Punk, obviously, on those the card, you know, for Bindor 2023. What else would you like to see them do differently? Everything I said in the first minute. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm right or anything like that, but it's just such a unique opportunity to do something outside of the norm. Like, I generally tend to love AEW's approach to long-term storytelling, mm-hmm. even if they can do certain mid-card programs that are long-term for long-term sake, Miro and Kip Sabian versus Best Friends. But ultimately, <laughs> it can get a little bit churny, a little bit overwrought, a little bit, why haven't you had a goddamn match yet? Mm. I didn't really care about that much, and four months later, I care about it even less. This was such a great opportunity to deviate from the usual pattern of booking because I think everyone experiences a little bit of a lull because wrestling doesn't have an off-season. It happens every year. I've watched wrestling this year and many other years where I was like, this is objectively really good, but I'm just not in a wrestling place Mm -hmm. because I can't like everything for 365 days or like the infinity loop because it never ends. Any kind of change at least once or twice per year that can completely take you by surprise is really sort of worth doing. Like the rare occasions on which they do a DQ or a count out, Mm -hmm. it really feels refreshing. Something like this needs to happen every now and then. I just think they had such a unique opportunity to do something very unfussy, simple, very atypical of AEW. And it just doesn't feel like it's been booked at all from the New Japan side. I'm not feeling New Japan's identity. And I know I spoke earlier that there isn't a storyline identity, but there's a booking philosophy Mm -hmm. to New Japan. There's a way that they have of doing things. And it just feels like Tony Khan's been given full free reign of this and he hasn't done the very best job he could have match graphics, just something as simple as I'll be very quick. So you got no, no. I was going to say, yeah. The, 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 I know we have the issue with with when they have these things with with AW and New Japan of the politics of it all. But like you say, they didn't need to have everyone be a storyline driven into this match. If you just say, right, you're the best, you know, like you say, former world champion, for example. Yeah. If you're going to do Okada versus Page, you're the best former world champion from New Japan. There's your, it doesn't need like, and and as well as that, your wife's going to be in his corner yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just feels like such a great opportunity to have a wrestler from AEW win a match. Afterwards, he's interviewed by Tony Schiavone and he lays down a challenge and then the lights go out and then you get someone on the Titantron from the New Japan side accepting the challenge. And that way, if you keep the build as unfussy as possible, you can create 
the match in the theatre of your own mind. You don't have to have some rubbish or sort of rote American television trappings to arrive at it. FTR, Rapongi Vice, Will Ospreay. <laughs> Like post beat down, post match beat down, schmozzes and three ways, and it's just it's all very USA wrestling. Yeah, Osprey, should... Osprey Cassidy writes itself. Yeah, absolutely. You've got some incredibly wound up Brit <laughs> who takes himself very seriously and who breaks his body for the craft, and you've got Orange Cassidy who barely does anything with his body for the craft. Like there's a really good dynamic there. They just haven't explored why these two people will be drawn together in conflict from either side of the company. Um, and it just feels like certain other developments, like the Christian Cage heel turn has been in the works for so long, and it just feels overshadowed by the build to Forbidden Door. Mm. If they'd kept it minimal, and I understand that they've got an event to sell, but if they hadn't done loads of turns and twists and post-match beatdowns and did it in a unique way, not only would it sell the show itself, Forbidden Door, as something unique and special, but something like Christian Cage's heel turn might have resonated a little bit more because a post-match beatdown after a finish, I have saw that on the build to Forbidden Door already. It just feels like it's been squandered after, after a year. Basically, just do what I say. And, very quickly, finally, surprises. Because we talked about this with, with Will, Os- Will Ospreay's arrival was watered down by the fact they had so many surprise was, appearances in the build That's a great point. And I'm glad that you reminded me of the great point that I made on the podcast a few weeks ago <laughs> because ultimately I can't understand the legitimate insanity, right, where the whole premise of Forbidden Door is that people are walking through this Forbidden Door. Surprises are meant to resonate and scan as a surprise, which they don't if they are no longer surprising. This is like absolute basics. This isn't wrestling booking. This is just total common sense. With all due respect to the three respective performers, right, who I don't necessarily think are worthy of a full-time contract in AEW, but that's just my subjective Mm -hmm. opinion, right? I think they've each got individual merit, and they have fan bases that I'm not necessarily a part of. W. Morrissey, Big Demo, and um, Johnny Elite. Yes. Right. I don't think they're necessarily all elite, especially all elite in 2022 with the ridiculous, overstuffed roster they have. Why would you do three, hey, surprise, it's this guy appearances when those guys aren't really worthy of the red carpet treatment and that is the USP of the show you are booking in under a month. Total insanity, total excess, high on your own tropes, which is bad because when other people aren't quite so high on those tropes and the the booker is still thinking they're great, that suggests a disconnect with the audience. Try not to be all doom and gloom. Oh. And I hope to be made a complete tit of by <laughs> Dynamite tonight, but I reckon they've botched this. Mm. It's going to take an 11th hour salvage job to make this anywhere near as good as something someone said on Reddit of all places. That could have been a yeah. better card. Next year. We've always got next year. <laughs> there we go. I've been saying that since 2020. <laughs> let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed uh, in the comments section below. Uh, you can t- continue the conversation with us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can also get your hands on his brilliant book, Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, on Amazon right now. And we'll be talking all about this tomorrow. What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from. We've got to have the Dynamite Review and an extended preview of Forbidden Door featuring the guy you may notice is missing today. Uh, Michael Hamflet talking all about that. But yes, continue the discussion. What you think the problem is with Forbidden Door going forward uh, in the comments or on Twitter. But for now, my thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.